0: all right, folks. Welcome to episode number 121 of YWC Football Talk. Today, making his long-awaited return to the show and program, if you will, is the voice of Bills Mafia, Joe Miller, uh, Joe Miller III. Excuse me, Joe. No worries. I know Monday was a little rough, but how are you feeling today? Now that it's Wednesday.
1: Oh, peachy keen, right? I mean, uh, anytime you come off of a loss that was relatively unexpected, you know, it's funny because you go into that football game, you start the season and that's one of those games that you circle chiefs Titans. And it's like, man, those are gonna be two tough games. And I literally had both of those games as potential losses. And then the Titans come out this season and Tannehill's sacked once in every 10 dropbacks, 20 times they lose to the jets. And you come in and you're like, we're going to waste these guys. Like we're number one in scoring offense. We're number one in scoring defense. Uh, like we're number one in all these categories you can't stop this team like on offense or defense we're gonna we're gonna wax them and then sure enough they bring championship caliber football on Monday night to the Bills and the Bills made some mistakes and hurt themselves and just kind of one of those things it was a wildly entertaining football game but I think I was let down not let down I think I was just it was it was more of a that's how it's going to end. I mean, I was all for going for it on fourth and whatever it was, a half a yard or fourth in a yard. I mean, that's Josh Allen, just like Tom Brady. That's Josh Allen money territory. And then he slips, Deion, D- De- Deion Dawkins gets like rolled inside and it just doesn't happen. And I was just kind of standing there looking at the TV speechless. I was like, oh, oh, okay. We're not going to win this football, <laughs> football game. So um, I'm healing. It's, you know, a couple of days afterwards and uh, I'm getting better. At the end of the day, like I said, it was a good football game. So it's it's hard. It, I would rather lose that way than get waxed right I'd, I'd rather i'd rather lose that way than lose by 40 so i guess that's what i was i'd rather lose that way than get beat 35 to nothing like the bills beat the, the dolphins let's can we say it that way
0: <laughs> you know what you know what i accept it um the only thing i was more disappointed about was that the bills didn't cover minus six i had that line like it seems like with me the bills like the for the like the spread lines have always been so screwy like the houston one i was like oh you know what 16 that seems like a crazy number i'll take houston you guys win 41 nothing. And then the same right. thing with Miami, where it was like, oh, you know, I think it was like, I think, hey, you know what? Maybe Miami gets this time 35 right. nothing. And then Josh Allen once again said, <laughs> hey, I'm your father. Um, I'm daddy. <laughs> yeah. Josh Allen's daddy to the Miami Dolphins and especially Brian Flores. Yeah. Um, but no, that was because that's the one thing I noticed too with Josh on that final snap was he didn't like, he, like you said, bread and butter. It Tom, it's still Tom's bread and butter. It's Josh's bread and butter. Those bigger quarterbacks do it. But I noticed with him when he took the snap, he took it, but then he, like, went back and then lunged forward. With yeah. A lot of the times with those QB sneaks, it's just usually just grab the ball and just go. I yeah. feel like because he stepped, that's where there was more room for error because I even noticed, dude, Dawkins getting rolled up, and even Feliciano was on the bottom of that pile as well.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, so it's been uh, analyzed and overanalyzed by me and just all the shows that I do as far as that goes. And the reality is, is it's it's two things. Number one. So he did that bob up because I don't know what game it was three, four games ago. He 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 came out. He was going to sneak it, came out and, then, and like took off around the end and got like 17 yards on something that was supposed to be a one yard QB sneak. So I think what he was trying to do was fool them like, hey, they've seen this on tape. They might expect me to do it. I'll bob up before I go down and then they'll think, you know, Oh, he's going to run. And they like, they didn't even buy it like that defensive line. So that's the other part, the, the right side of their defensive line, Josh Allen's left side, they were wholly committed. So that, so Simmons was underneath Dawkins and was ready to catch Josh Allen before Josh Allen even committed. The hard part about that is if you go back and you look at the overhead view, Josh should have gone over Darrell Williams. There was a, there was a wide open gap and the end on that side was facing the wrong direction what for whatever reason he went behind Feliciano but he should have gone behind Darrell Williams he goes behind Darrell Williams that game probably ends different but yeah it's all history and he slipped which didn't help so it is what it is
0: that's the one thing too I realize with any football game no matter who the opponent is it's always when your team loses a game like that like I've experienced it already three times this year it's that what if with football Like like I say to myself I'm like I hate to do this but you have to do it like I say Week like I'll go, I'll put a Patriots on week one. I said it with Damian Harrison. Like, what if he doesn't fumble? It's like last year. What if Cam didn't get the ball uh, popped up from him? I forget who the Bills player was. Um,
1: Zimmer, Zimmer,
0: Zimmer, exactly. Uh, when he if he doesn't punch it out, what happens? Do we go to overtime or not? Uh, with the Buccaneers game, same thing too. What if uh, they Mm -hmm. Mac had gone for a fourth down instead of kicking an insane field goal in the rain? Like it's just that's the thing. Like even to what call it what ifs, call it airing of grievances. I feel like you don't want to do it, but at the end of the day, when you do it, you you feel better. No matter who your football team is, no matter if it's a Bills fan doing it, if it's a Pats fan or any of the other thirty NFL teams. I think
1: I think for me, the times that the Bills lose games that are unexpected, or they you know whether I, I I. I would say it this way. I would like to see a situation where it's one thing. What if just that one play were different? Like if you go back to the Texans playoff game with the bills, there was three or four different things that if they had gone differently, the bills would win that game to include Dawson Knox missing that block. I can't remember who the linebacker was. If Dawson Knox makes that block on that linebacker charging for Josh Allen, Josh Allen on that quarterback uh, sweep. Gets around the corner and he's still running. Nobody's ever going to catch him. Uh, obviously, the sack on Watson, where uh, Poyer and I can't remember who the other guy was. It might have been Taron Johnson. Hit him. They both bounce off of him, and he like runs for a first down. Like there's the, the there's so many plays. But even in that game against the against the Titans, whether it was getting two field goals on the first two possessions, that game is totally different. If the Bills score touchdowns there, if it's fourteen nothing, and like the, you neutralize Derrick Henry, and now you're asking Tannehill to beat you, he's not gonna against that defense. But you got that one. Uh, as I, before we started the show, uh the the two holding penalties on Derrick Henry's only long run, 76 yards was two egregious holds that they called that they, or that they didn't call. If they call one of those and it comes back, the game could be different. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, right? So I, Isaiah McKenzie runs uh, a kickoff return for a touchdown and they throw a holding call on Andre Smith, who was nowhere, like the guy who was holding had no chance of making the play, but they threw that one. So it's, that's what bothers me is when there's many of them. It's like, well, if this and well, or if this one, or if, if this one, or if if that one, if it's one, man, what if, what if he didn't punch it out? Dude, I was, we talked about that game. I think I was resolved that it was another Patriots. They did it to the bills again, that Mike Zimmer punch out game. Yeah. I was like, that game's over. Like you could tell they were going to the end zone. If he does not punch that ball out, that game goes completely different. <laughs> like it's a loss for Buffalo because they were, they were going to score
0: exactly that exactly like that like look it's like you said we just have to air it out but even too i've noticed that so much this year with the officiating look it's been another dark spot with the league where it's look they'll get one call right but then they'll get five calls wrong and then for reason, they have to make they just pick a random call to make up like that's between that and the taunting officiating this year has been awful but even too like you're right like just going back to the game last year i do it too with the uh seattle game week too like oh what if yeah. uh they they got in the end zone they win the game it's just the what ifs suck, and the moral victories suck. But even to like, I, you said it before, and I, I liked like your point because I had the same thing going into both Tampa and Dallas. You would like the game better if it was a close loss than an ass like an ass whooping. Because if it's yeah. thirty if it's a thirty five nothing ass whooping, even though that's a score you already said Buffalo beat Miami by that this year, you're sitting there the entire time waiting for the game to be over. If it's that exciting like game where you just lose by a couple of points or less than a possession. Mm-hmm i not a well, little less than a possession, but you know what I mean? Like if it's yeah, between yeah. that one to seven point loss, you have it down to the wire where you're, that's the stress. That's like, cause that's why yep. I say other sports, it doesn't compare football. No. There's now 17 games. That's one thing. One monumental change since we last talked yeah. was now that there's a 17th game. So there's 17 times a year where we all just get to sit around and stress. And I know people say often like, Oh, the, play, like the fans take this more seriously than the players themselves. But at the same time, too, for us, it's just like I feel it's the same amount where it's like you just want to go out there. And you want to win no matter yeah. if it's a Sunday, Thursday or Monday.
1: Right. Agreed. No, I'm right there with you. So and it's yeah, I was going to talk about another bad call this year and then another perceived bad call. We we can move on from there. I think I think we've beat that one into the ground. And uh, anybody that's watched football this year knows that the, the officiating has been atrocious this year. It's been not consistent and off. It's been bad.
0: And um, just uh, want to go back to another point. Well, one point I wanted to make from you was I was actually happy to see you guys beat the Kansas city chiefs uh, weeks ago. I, I, I was telling people, I said, I think this is Buff- finally the time Buffalo gets the monkey off their back. I think Buffalo not only covers, but I think they won. Mm-hmm. They did both even with the weather delay. And I have, I have to assume you felt the same way after the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And even to, I'm just gonna say one other thing. I love how people were overreacting. Like that's, that's the thing with week one, where it was like, yeah. you guys agree, Bay where it's just like, Oh, what's going on here? And then you win five, and then you won four straight. They win five straight. It's just the fortunes how it can go from winning week one to like going onwards. It's just it's hilarious.
1: Yeah, that that Steelers game is we still don't know what happened in that Steelers game. We just got beat for whatever. I mean, they made more. They made some mistakes. The defensive line they couldn't do anything. The offensive line, our offensive line against their defensive line was was trash. It was just a bad game. And I remember walking out of that stadium and like every everybody was just kind of silent it was just like did that just happen did we just lose to the Steelers who aren't that good of a football team um I think what's exciting about this year for the Bills especially even coming into that Chiefs game is this offense if you remember the 2020 Bills offense which most people do it hasn't hit its stride yet like they're still kind of working out and trying to figure out who they are and that defense is lights out if they can put the two together. I mean, it's for us, there's an excitement that, you know, to your, you talked about it before we came on Wildest Dreams Land, which is my hashtag. I mean, it's always going to be buff in Wildest Dreams Land in Buffalo because we finally have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, you know, when you go 17 years, 20 years since Jim Kelly, everything you've got is basically hot trash playing quarterback. And then you get a guy that everybody is not necessarily comparing to, but in some feel that he's better or going to be better than Pat Mahomes. You know, you saw the one stat if you watch the Monday night game that he's got the most passing and rushing touchdowns to 50 games out of any quarterback in NFL history. It's like this kid's not a fluke. He's not a joke. Did he start out a project? Yes. Was he bad in 2018? Yes. But guess what? He got better in 19. He got a lot better in 20. And now it's like he's playing about at his floor, I think but they'll figure it out. They'll get it figured out at some point. And Josh didn't have a good game on Monday either. He he was he was pressed and he was unsettled a little bit. He made some bad throws, and poor decisions. And that was with 74% completion percentage. But still, he didn't play his best game, I don't think, which it happens, right?
0: You're you're exactly right. It happens. But even too, you're right where, where, where Josh looked 18, 19. And then I remember I was saying this because this was the early days of this podcast about a year and a half ago. We were saying, will Josh Allen finally make that leap? And then I feel like for him, it was more, learning how to properly throw from the pocket and what what i'm saying by that is and also too i knew it was getting a weapon which i thought it was going to be like justin jefferson or someone like that turns out it turns out it's digs um manuel sanders has been a nice addition to the offense uh dawson knox i people i've had a few people say this on this podcast top five tight end in the league right now and i yeah i'm fully on the train i know he's hurt but he's and i feel like you guys aren't too too upset about missing out on zach Ertz anymore because i know bill's mafia has been clamoring for him
1: well what's but weird about what's what's weird about it is Dawson Knox has been a fan favorite since he got here everybody oh. has loved Dawson Knox and and there's been a great deal of like expectation for his potential because you know, he played, you know, in college three years as a tight end. I don't think he scored a touchdown, which is very rare for a tight end to go to the NFL and not have scored a touchdown. You know, uh, when you look at Jacob Hollister, I mean, Jacob Hollister is making all kinds of noise in Jacksonville. He was in Buffalo. And the Bills cut him because they felt that Dawson was better. Dawson went to that whole tight end camp, whatever it is, with, Gee, with all the Dukes, yeah, tight end university. And, and anybody would have told you his first two seasons, he would catch the hard passes, which made no sense. And when he got the ball, he was hard to bring down it was always the easy passes and he addressed it in the offices. And he even said it, he goes, a lot of times if I know the ball's coming in and it's going to be an easy catch, I'm immediately turning my head and looking to see who's coming at me versus looking the ball in. So I think right now he's just got some discipline to him, probably from tight end university where he's catching pretty much everything that comes his way. Of course, now he's got a broken hand. We'll see how that goes. Uh, that was funny too, because in that Titans game, the two point conversion with the razzle dazzle, he like shot puts the ball to Josh Allen And I was like, that dude was a former quarterback because that's the worst pass I've ever seen. (laughs) And then you find out afterwards he'd broken his hand on on the play before, which is another point of note for for all the AFC East fans that aren't Bills fans. Every time Josh Allen catches a pass and ends up in the end zone, the Bills lose every single time, whether it's the Texans game, you name a game. If Josh Allen has caught a pass in the end zone, the Bills lose that game. Weird stat.
0: So Brian Dave, if you're listening to this on December 6th and December 26th, please throw Josh Allen, <laughs> a, make, put him in a bunch of formation, and have him catch a ball in the end zone. And one of those is Monday Night Football once again. <laughs> but um, yep. the only thing I'll say is, unlike last year, where I I fully came to it that I had a false sense of hope that we Patriots still had a chance to win the division, I still think I was ready to cope with as bad as we are this year. I still think it's you guys. I yeah. for the rest of the division, like New York's, obviously will figure that out like maybe I still think they're I still think they have potential I just think they're like still a couple years away from being like
1: I'm not not a believer in Zach Wilson you're I'm a a believer in Robert Sala I'm not a believer in Zach Wilson
0: I'm I'm the same I'm the same I always thought just the fact when I saw his numbers against ranked opponents when he lost and or was not even ranked opponents but it was teams with winning records versus teams with losing records and BYU not exactly having the strongest schedule right and then Miami will see. The, there's obviously that weird trade that came out today. Clearly, Steven Ross is getting a li- little too, too involved, in my opinion, in my, with that team. Which that's not, he,
1: he's not, he's not getting involved. He's been involved. Go he's ahead, been figure. involved.
0: Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, obviously, which it's like you guys can relate to this because Terry's not, decides to be involved with one team a little heavily, who's surprisingly 3 and 0. But then there's the other team where the football, he just lets Bean and McDermott do their thing. And you guys are, now a Super Bowl. I'll say this. I'll say this. A Patriots fan's going to come on here and say it. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender. For sure. And yeah, then t- with oh, go on.
1: No, I was to say Terry Pugula isn't overly involved with the Sabers, and he's actually been hands off with the Bills as well, even since before that. So the Doug Whaley and, and you know Doug Whaley and, and Jim Jim Monos passed on uh Patrick Mahomes when that's the guy that Terry wanted. Terry wanted Pat Mahomes, and he let he let them know, hey. I really like this kid. And they told him, and there's a podcast out there where you can, uh, an interview with Doug Whaley that you could find. And uh, and they told him, we're just not sure. We don't see it. We, you know, it, we're not sure that it's going to translate. And then the trade came from Kansas City. You know, obviously they didn't know he, they were going to take Pat Mahomes and Terry was scared to death. They were going to take Pat Mahomes. Sure enough, they did. Um, but he didn't fault them for that. It wasn't a, you know, necessarily a bad thing or anything like that. But Terry, Terry, def- I mean, how do you not let Brandon Bean do his thing? I mean, that dude is, I mean, right now he's, I don't know how he's, he's the, it is very reminiscent to me of Scott Pioli. When Scott Pioli was first with the, with the Patriots and every move he made was gold. And obviously then he went to the chiefs and didn't work out quite as well. And now he's out of a GM job and has been for a while. Um, But uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with, with what they're doing, but the Sabres, I don't think he's super involved in the nuts and bolts of the Sabres either, which has been part of the problem too. They just can't find a good coach. Hopefully this Granado guy is going to work out, but sorry. I don't know how we got on that. Sorry.
0: And, and, and You know what? It's like the unavoidable. I feel like, Buffalo sports is such a weird landscape how like for the first part of the two thousands, the bills were awful, but awesome. uh, the, the bills were awful. And the Sabres were great. Now it's yeah. like reverse. The bills are great. And the, uh, and the Sabres are, well, we'll they're figuring it out there. We'll hopefully they'll figure it out. We'll have to wait and see. Cause I know if Buffalo's winning that town is something else to behold.
1: You're you're being kind because the Sabres were uh, spent the last three years losing games. They should have been winning. They should have okay. been better than last or 31st. Like they just, they were god-awful like it got to the point where people ask me people still ask me joe you know you're a huge bills fan are you a Sabres fan too and i'm like i was i'd I'd love to be again right give me something to believe in right so we'll see i'm not i'm not getting hyped up for three nothing or three three no rather i mean a couple years ago what would they They were was it 15 and oh or something like that and then they totally went in the crapper after that so it's going to be a minute it's going to be a minute before i buy in
0: oh i know i know i know i'm just i'm just being kind that's all because i know i've been i've been to sabers games before like in those 2017 to like obviously pre pandemic 2019 2020 where like I'll look around and I think it was a Sabres yeah I was a Sabres Caps game and it was like three nothing Capitals after the second period and there's just fans in the seat looking absolutely dejected and everything and it's just like you don't you don't want to see that like I went through that yes. suffering as a Leafs fan now we're still trying to figure it out and climb the mountaintop which yep, yep. who the hell ever knows <laughs> when that will happen but uh <laughs> hey gotta be honest gotta be honest I got to experience I got to experience one championship which if for folks on Zoom you can see I'm wearing. Raptor shirt because they open their season tonight, but, nice. um, no, we'll, let's go back to football. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we got off the beaten path. The only thing I'll say about that trade with the bill, like between you guys and the chiefs is it kind of worked out for both. I'm not saying, yeah. obvi- I'm not trying to compare it, but look, they got Patrick Holmes. You guys got to get Scott Davis white with the pick, to 27. So it's obviously they're not the same player, but still lucky franchise, cornerback, franchise, quarterback, qu- yep. quarterback, even yeah, that was a tongue twister. And then a year later, you guys traded up Josh Allen in a trade where he, I don't think you guys gave up a first round pick to get him. I think it was just
1: two. Uh, we had. I don't remember. I think we did. I think it was think two we, seconds. It was it was, two seconds? We I we moved from twelve to seven. Um, we could probably look it. it up. I think yeah. you swapped
0: with Tampa, and then you gave up a twenty eighteen second and a twenty nineteen second.
1: It, it's possible. That sounds too cheap, but uh, it's possible. So yeah, we went from twelve to seven. Uh, if you're googling it on your phone, I'll I'll I'll, I'll hold some time here. Um, what's interesting is like last year, there was a lot of debate and conversation before the season started that came out based around some content creators here in Buffalo, where the question was, is, is if you could do it all over again, would you take Patrick Mahomes and not take Josh Allen, Tredavious White and, and Tremaine Edmonds, because that's effectively what you're talking about because of the way the whole thing worked out. And back then there was a lot of people like I'd take Patrick Mahomes, and other people are on the other side. I'd take Allen white and I take Edmonds all day long. And now you're at the point where it's like, yeah, I'd probably take Allen white and Edmonds. Like, <laughs> and it's a lot of it is because of the, the improvement from Josh Allen. So what do you got?
0: Okay. So what do I got here? I have uh, Tampa Bay trades, first and seventh round selections, picks number seven and 255 in exchange to Buffalo for a first round selection. Number 12, 53 and 56. Yeah. So, so two, two, sec- two
1: seconds in there first. Yep.
0: So it was t- mm-hmm. not a 2019 second. It was a 28. So it was two 2018.
1: Gotcha. It, gotcha. Looks like.
0: it was two 2018 seconds and a seventh round pick. So I was wrong, but that, because that, that was the kind of the proof I was looking at for this year's draft uh, with the Patriots, where I was like, if they wanted to move up drastically, they didn't have to give up as much. Obviously yeah, we yeah. stayed in place. We got our guy at 15. I view, I'm just going to go on a little note myself. I want to see if you agree. I kind of view Mac. Not, I'm not saying he's going to be Josh Allen in a couple of years. I'm just saying I see a similar path. You know, where it's like the first year it's a little shaky, but you see, you see there's that potential there to be great, mm. and then you hope that he just keeps taking the steps forward to get better as his time goes on.
1: Well, if if there's a fr- there's there's a lot of misnomers in that. So I mean, it's there's only one Josh Allen first, so he he has a historic leap that nobody's ever taken before. Uh, the other misnomer in that is that somehow like and this is where it is good for, for the Patriots. And for him, the other misnomer is that somehow like that quarterback's going to have a chance, like to take those steps. He's going to have the opportunity to get better and get better and get better. Uh, That's really good when you've got a first or second year head coach and they finally drafted their quarterback and you're the guy. It's like, well, we're going to, we're going to live and die by you. That's what's going on right now in Miami. We were talking about Tua a second ago, which, and, and Ross and that whole thing there, just to jump back to that one, uh, Ross wanted Tua. Uh, Steven Ross wanted Tua, and Flores wanted um, uh, Henry or Herbert, right? Henry, sorry. Wanted Justin Herbert. So that's the rub right now that's going on right there. And obviously Ross was wrong, but it's going to get Flores fired, in my opinion. And in my opinion, he deserves to be fired because I don't think he's that great of a coach. Uh, but getting back to it, what 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 Mac Jones has going for him is Bill Belichick. If Bill Belichick stays, Bill Belichick's not getting fired because of the quarterback. Bill Belichick is going to give, be given all the time in the world to groom this kid until Bill Belichick decides it ain't going to work out, and then he's the one that's going to pull the plug. If that makes sense. Now, if Bill retires after this year, that might look completely different. I mean, it might you know he might not get the time to develop that you want, but it, it's it'll be interesting to see. I don't i. I watched a little bit. He's cool as a cucumber when he's back there for the most part. Um, there's good and bad. He's a rookie. We'll see. I I don't I don't buy into many rookies. I bought into Justin Herbert early, but it was obvious. It was like, "Oh, that kid, Andrew Luck, that guy's good. Peyton Manning, that guy's good." Like there were certain guys you see them and you're like, "Oh, that dude's good." Even Patrick Mahomes second year player, you knew he was good. Aaron Rodgers when he came out, whatever it was, he started in his fourth year. That guy's that good. Yeah, that, that what, it was four, it was, it was four. said Four. Fourth, fourth fourth season yeah he rode the pine for three years right and then he rode, and then he and then he started like i haven't i'm not there with mac jones where i'm like oh this guy's gonna be good like there's some good throws he's got some tom brady ishness to him but he's not tom brady that's the other thing too it's like yeah he's not tom brady <laughs> oh
0: i know i'm I, like and i wasn't also trying to compare mac to josh and saying you know what going to yeah. be exactly like josh i'm just saying i could see like a similar path like you know where it's yeah. kind of, that building well, that's what up, you want. want i'm that's not trying to say want. he's gonna take this like i'm sorry to cut you off but i'm not saying he's yeah, gonna fine. take like this monumental leap where out of nowhere he goes from hey is he the guy to mvp candidate that's not what i meant that's not what i meant i want to clear that
1: up well no everybody wants that 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 subtle rise right up into the right i mean nobody i mean nobody that's the part that isn't that isn't normal is up into the right and then a skyrocket to the you know straight up in the air so i know i knew exactly what you were talking about i'm just not sure that it's just what everybody says i mean every time you watch football shows and it's like is he the yep. next Josh Allen? not mac jones but they're always like is this guy the next Matt josh allen is this guy the next josh allen it's like there's not going to be a next josh allen like just let it go it's not going to happen it, it, for for two reasons that i named number one he's a unique individual and number two generally speaking head coaches and quarterbacks aren't given that much time i mean rarely is a is a quarterback allowed to do what allen did in 18 and then look completely different in 19 and then get the shot that he like he was given the reins in 20 so obviously they saw some, it. Yeah. It, good, good conversation, but uh, we'll see about Mac. I mean, I want him to fail. So I'm a bills fan. What do you want me to tell you? I want him to fail. Just like I want Tua to fail. Just like I want Zach Wilson to fail. <laughs> we, we,
0: we, we can agree on both those things. And then no, no, I completely understand it. It's like for us, like how, like, Hey, look, I know, like I said, I was happy that the bills beat the chiefs, but yeah. I'm, I'm not going to come out here and say, I wasn't happy when the chiefs beat the bills last year in the AFC championship game or,
1: or when the Titans beat the bills on Monday night
0: exactly like, Well, I was more happy it was just more like oh but if anything it was more like i said it was more pissed about the spread than anything else yeah, yeah you yeah. guys didn't cover mine six um but no like i agree with you on the whole i think i actually said this on monday night i put brian flores on my hot seat because mm. i think look miami great like they i think last year they did this 10 and six year and everyone was expecting you know what hey yeah we're going forward we have all this team they had drafted jalen waddle but at the same time too that to a question kept lurking. And the fact that he got hurt week two, yep. you guys killed them. The fact that they went to London, which I'll say it here, I had a feeling that was going to be a trap game on Monday night, mm. on Sunday morning, excuse me. Yep. I had a feeling Jacksonville was going to get a win. They got the win. And now Miami's got to play Atlanta this Monday, which –
1: they're going to lose. They're no. not going to win that game. They're not going to win that game.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, if they go, because if they go one and six and they're, they're down there and now you hear this report today from John McClain, obviously very accomplished NFL reporter for, I believe more than I think either you or I have been alive. Oh yeah. But, um, he's not coming out and saying, Oh, apparently there's a trade in the works for Deshaun Watson to go to the dolphins. Like this whole carousel is just never going to stop spinning. And just to get my quick two cents on it, if a Watson trade happens, it has to wait. I think until this whole court stuff is settled. I don't think he should be traded while that's still going on. Because if he's, because even to the fact that like I look on the, I looked on the injury report for the entire pass thing, the entire time, Deshaun Watson out or did not participate, did not participate out, like, yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a complete circle. Well, he's, he's not,
1: he's on the roster. That's why he's taking yeah. up a 53 spot, which is what's wild about the whole thing. And he's just inactive every single week, but they're going to have to figure out some legality stuff. It's got to be written somewhere. I, and it's funny that the NFL has not stepped in yet to suspend him. You would think that the, the Texans are like, please do something. So we don't have to pay him. Cause if they suspend him, then they don't have to pay him. But my guess is, is if he gets traded and it looks like he's going to start, the NFL will then step in and be like, well, we're going to suspend him maybe indefinitely. Right. Until yeah. they, until all the stuff gets cleared. Yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see what happens and how this whole thing shakes out. It's desperation to me. The Dolphins are in desperation mode. And the funny thing is, is I think they're in desperation mode because they, they're they they're in some fantasy world that they're ready to win now. And I'm not so sure they are. Their defense hasn't looked that good. Jalen Waddle looks OK. You know, obviously, Will Fuller V can't stay on the field either. They, you know, Miles Gaskin is a nice running back. He's probably nicer than the two I've got but he's not exactly great you know what i mean like i would take daryl henderson in out of la before i took miles gaskin on my team so it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I hope it, i hope they do it and i hope it fails miserably <laughs> hey, <laughs> a- i keep the dolphins down as long as we can keep them down right
0: <laughs> oh yeah I'm, a, I'm in the same boat because like even too i remember last year i came on to you and said that the monday night or week 16 pats bills could be for the division you said no even going into this year, I said there was week week eighteen. I said the Patriots played the Bill. The Patriots played the Dolphins. I said one way or another, that could decide a playoff But Now I'm not. Now I'm not so sure. Like I'll even be honest with you, the Pats. After we got our after the Saints killed us, even though it was only fifteen, it was just a bad game. i still saying it. Look, if we decide to make a run in 2021, or if, some, if stuff goes our way and we win a couple games we're not supposed to, great. If not, I'm I'm still looking to the future. I'm looking to probably 22, considering how we have all our guys locked up for. This year and beyond, it's not just like hey, yeah. a one-year goal for it kind of thing. And I also want—I'm to going to do a different sports twist on for your. Oh, no one's the next Josh Allen. It's like how? Oh, is he the next Tom Brady? Is he the next Patrick Mahomes? God yeah. damn it! I hate Mike Greenberg because uh, he always <laughs> says that. um <laughs> It takes me back to a clip from The Last Dance where I remember Kobe Bryant was asked, "Oh, do you want to be the next? Like, do you want to be the next Michael Jordan?" He basically said, "No." He's like Michael's Michael. Like, I don't know why more people in today's age can't accept that. Where it's like. Josh is Josh, Patrick's Patrick, Tom is Tom, right, like right, no one's right. going to be it. Like, and also to all say this, I am with you. I saw last year when Justin Herbert was thrusted into a game because of a misplaced needle in a rib cage, um, that he almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs in his first start. I was like, this kid's going to be good. Cause yep. I know last year there was a lot of questions with him, but now he's going to be good. It's like how I even, well, Kyler was a little different cause no one really saw, but I feel like Kyler's more or less that now it's like Arizona's like finally figured it out. Now there's, now they're 6-0 and held a 17-and-a-half point favorite on Sunday against the Houston Texans. That's
1: crazy. Now, getting back to Mac Jones, I mean, he's doing things well. I mean, it's... There's some throws he's making that are that are professional. What I've always said that what separates a professional NFL quarterback from everybody else is the ability to throw the anticipation, which for those listeners that don't know what that means because you hear it all the time, it basically means throwing the ball to a spot before the receiver breaks and before the receiver knows the ball's coming. And Mac Jones has some of that in him. So there's an aspect that he's trusting his receivers, trusting his reads, trusting what's going on and he's getting the ball out in time and hitting spots in the field and that's what beats defenders that's how Tom Brady has made a living that's how Aaron Rodgers makes a living that's how these great quarterbacks make a living because they know where the ball's supposed to go and where the receiver's going and the defensive back doesn't so he's got that stuff and that was something Josh Allen didn't have in 18-19 and he had in 20. Josh Allen in eighteen nineteen, when he would beat people with his arm it was just because the defender would make a break in the ball and the ball zip by him at 100,000 miles an hour. They just couldn't get to the ball in time. So now Josh has that, and he's got the anticipation stuff, and he can read a defense. He's clearly, you know, he's got the mental part of the game figured out. He's been in the same system for four years. That obviously is a huge help, too. So continuity is a big thing. But, uh, yeah,
0: anyways, I always say this, too, and that is that Brian Dayball staying in Buffalo was probably the biggest thing the Bills did this offseason. The fact that he did not leave because I'll say this myself. I was hoping that Brian Dayball was going to get a head coaching job. I thought he was going to go to the Chargers or somewhere else like that. But when he stayed, part of me was just like, oh, for the love of God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be uh, so, sometimes you wonder if, you know, I don't know what your belief system is. But, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I believe in God. I'm a, I'm a vocational minister. I'm a pastor. Uh, he stays in Buffalo. His grandma dies three weeks ago. His gran- His grandparents raised him. He grew up in West Seneca, New York. He grew up right here in Buffalo. He's a Buffalo kid, went to West Seneca High School. uh, And his grandma dies three weeks ago, and then his grandpa died this week. So sometimes you wonder if maybe things work out the way that they did for a reason. You know, obviously, he was here. And I couldn't imagine him being a head coach of the Cardinals or pick a team, you know, the Chargers four and a half hours away and he loses basically his parents inside of three weeks. I, I, I can't imagine it would have been a, good, a healthy situation for him at all, but uh, yeah, he's a good dude. I don't think he's going to be around next year unless he wants to be, it might be a situation where, right. Like Sean Payton, where he doesn't want to go. And, and, you know, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but for me, if Dable wants to stick around town and stick around home, I'm all for it. Like, and the players love him, which is insane to me. The players, the players love the Emmanuel Sanders was beaming about him. In his press conference this week, he was just talking about the fact that he goes, I've never had a, I've never had an offensive coordinator that I love. I love this guy. This guy, he's like, I'll be sitting in the jacuzzi at home, and he'll just FaceTime me just to talk for five minutes about nothing. He just FaceTimes me and we talk. He's like, this guy's amazing. And it's it makes you wonder why more coaches don't act that way. Like, <laughs> like relationalism is kind of the most important piece you would think inside of a football locker room. But, yeah, so I, I have a sneaky suspicion he's going to be gone next year, and then it'll be interesting to see what the Bills do just in the sense of, you know, what Josh Allen looks like next year, does he become the de facto offensive coordinator and like has those conversations with whoever comes up next or does somebody come in and like we've seen them do it with Ben Roethlisberger when Todd Haley was there and all those different guys. It's like, no, you're gonna play my offense. You know, Ben, I don't think Ben ever really got the chance much to be like, no, no, can we play the offense? I want to run versus like whoever they hire, but we'll
0: see. I think the fact that Josh is so, the fact that Josh is so young and everything and then the fact he's got his... I, I, I'll i actually bring up another memory thing. I remember saying to you back in December, he was going to get a bag. He was going to get the biggest contract out of all the 18 draft class quarterbacks. So far he has. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens with Lamar. We'll see what happens with Baker and even Sam. But I feel like his true colors are really starting to show now in Carolina that, hey, Weird. that may have not been a Jets problem. That may have been a... You know what? Sam Darnold wasn't exact. He was who he thought he was, just an average NFL quarterback. Right. But with Josh, I feel like you can't screw him over like that, where you're going to have some guy come in and be a field general and be like, no, Josh, you're going to run my offense. It's got to be someone I feel like maybe meet halfway even where it's like, hey, yeah, you bring in a guy. Hey, I want to add my little touch on what Josh Allen's currently doing.
1: Yeah. 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 We'll we'll see. I, I can't speak to it. I just for me, I know that he has a lot of say in what they run now. Um, he's he's he has actually said it in pressers that he, if he doesn't like a play, we don't run it. Uh, so he's got a lot of ownership over the playbook currently, which makes sense. I mean, after four years, I mean, that's unheard of that a that a that a, that a you know, a coordinator and a quarterback have been together that long. It goes back to Peyton Manning and uh, uh, what's his name? Tom, who's the old guy that used to be Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator? Uh, old dude, I think he's still in the league too. Like he's like he was a million years old back then, but they were together forever because the guy just didn't want to go anywhere, so like, only- and they just.
0: The only Tom I could think of is not it because the only Tom that's an NFL coach who's still in the league is Tom Cable, but he's obviously an offensive line coach. And I think a failed head coach at one point.
1: Yeah. Ted Marchabrota was the guy that uh, he was the former Bills offensive coordinator. Uh, And, uh, but it wasn't, it was uh, uh, offensive. It's going to come up with, it's going to give me freaking Sam, uh, not Sam. It's going to give me Gase, And that's not who I want. Let's go Indy, uh, Indy. Steve Atwater no no that's that's
0: that was that never mind that was a bad thing on my part tom tom moore tom moore okay steve outwater is because i saw that 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 old dude
1: which he he looks different when he's got his headset on but yeah that guy so they were together forever because he didn't want to go anywhere he was like i'm just gonna stay here
0: my bad, the Steve Atwater thing came because I literally searched Peyton Manning OC and the first thing that came up and I realized it was a Canton video from this past oh. August. So yes. stupid, stupid mistake on my part. That's, that's, <laughs> Steve, that's what that is.
1: Steve Atwater, safety for the Denver Broncos.
0: Yes. <laughs> hey, both Denver Broncos. So, kind of the connection there. Kind of yeah, a little the connection bit. There. A little bit. <laughs> um. Just want to move on here because obviously the Bills are on their bye week. Which is, is the bye week that if you're a fantasy footballer like Joe and I are, you hate yourself right now. Believe me, I have numerous players on bye week. Yep. The one thing I'm going to ask you though, from a Bills perspective, you guys sitting here at four and two, mm-hmm. is there a particular game you're looking at this week, or is there any particular like? like games you're interested in watching, or are you just going to kind of take the route where, you know what, you may take the day off from watching football as a whole?
1: Well, that ain't going to happen. So Good um, right gonna, answer. Right I'm going to answer this question this way. Uh, the bills have been in prime time in the last two weeks. So Sunday night football, the Monday night football, back to back bills, mafia, <coughs> excuse me, by and large has hated it because for the last 20 years we play at one o'clock on Sunday. That's when we play. So everybody has this routine and this rhythm and everybody complained about it again coming into Monday night because, like, there was no Bills football on Sunday at all. Sunday night's one thing, but, like, I got to wait till tomorrow. This is what I said on Twitter. I said, Sunday football, when the Bills are in primetime, is like rolling a fat guy to a buffet table. Like, like roll me up. Let me get all the games. I'll put on the Red Zone channel. If there's a good game going on, I'll pop over to it and then switch away from it, go to another game. So I'll watch several games in the Red Zone. Same thing with 4 o'clock. And then the Bills in primetime, whether it's Sunday night or Monday night, is dessert. Right. And not to mention, is it dessert? But the whole entire world's watching. So like we don't get any of this, as you probably know, just misconceptions about what actually happened in the football game because so many times when the Bills would win or if they did lose or whatever happened, nobody watched the game anyway. So nobody, so the announcers and the the, the media types would all say stupid stuff. Kind of like that dude. Uh, I don't. I think he was on ESPN that said that uh, Taylor Lewan was the reason that, that of Fox
0: Sports <laughs> the, the reason
1: Josh Allen did not get his first down was because Taylor Lewan was hurt and his backup Dion Dawkins was in the game. And it's like, um. <laughs> nope <laughs> missed it <laughs> uh,
0: i saw your tweet about it and i literally had to click on it and i was just like what the hell like what wait what did he say I'm he like, was
1: he was dude. passionate about it too he, whatever he was telling you he believed it <laughs>
0: yeah that's fox that's fox sports but for you between the bias nick nick Wright takes and chris broussard which yeah. i could do an entire podcast on nick right but we won't go there um <laughs> i love the fact too that when i asked you the question about are you not going to take the day off and watch I'm glad the fact that you looked at me with a face that was a trick question <laughs> I just had the plan in there I'm like or do you know you maybe not take the chance you don't watch yada 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 for me no. with it it's a bye week or if the Pats aren't playing on Sunday like if I miss a little bit of kickoff here or there if I like miss a game or two it's not the end of the world but no, if I'm if I have a pick 18 Sundays out of the year I'm finding a way to watch football
1: yeah exactly same thing same same it, all the way through the playoffs, Super Bowl everything there's only one Super Bowl that I missed and that was the New England Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. I was done. I was cooked on the Patriots. I'm like, I'm not watching another Patriots Super Bowl. We were in Mexico. And it was on. Like, they had it on in, like, all the different eating halls. And we we were in our room. We didn't even watch the game. So that's the only that's the only Super Bowl I've missed, I think, since probably 1987. But, yeah, if, if football's on, I'm watching football.
0: Exactly. I think the last Super Bowl I remember missing was I didn't watch all of the Packers Cowboys, Cal- pa- not Packers Cowboys, Packers Steelers one because I was oh, – yep. I was still playing hockey at the time and like, I still play hockey now, but like I was playing at the time and then I had a game scheduled on that day because they do that when you're a kid. But then apart from that, the last one I don't remember watching was probably because I was too young was probably the Giants Ravens 2001.
1: Oh, yeah, really? Gotcha. Yep. Yep. That was when the Ravens were the best defense in the NFL, possibly in NFL history. Right
0: one of the most obscure quarterback matchups in Super Bowl history. Trent Dilfer Trent versus Terry Pollard. Terry
1: Yep, very strange. I, I was having a con- sidebar. I was having a conversation with somebody. Somebody was asking me, on Twitter the other day, and I know that you follow me on Twitter, so sometimes my stuff pops up, but uh, they were like, have there ever been this many good quarterbacks in the NFL at one time? And they were talking about, obviously, Mahomes and Brady and Allen and all these guys. I was like, well, actually, yes. Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, John Elway, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Warren Moon all played in the NFL at the same time. And the Super Bowl quarterbacks were... Mark Rippon, Jeff Hostetler, Troy Aikman, like those are the guys that won the Super Bowl. <laughs> for some reason, those dudes, for a lot of time, other than young and Montana early, couldn't win a Super Bowl. And then obviously Elway late, like in the late 90s, 97, 98. So it's just kind of funny, funny little things that my memory traps inside of itself.
0: I also said this on Monday too. Also, well, first, I'm going to shout out to the 1983 NFL draft class. One of the, I think, still proclaimed as one of the top classes of all time yeah. that in 1989. Well, even if you look at 19, sidebar, if you look at 1989, obviously, there's the top five, and then there's Tony Mandrich, right. but so everyone else is in the Hall of Fame, but him. Uh, but with 1983, I remember it was Dan Marino because I actually was talking about this on Monday. The Dan Marino cooled after he got to his first one. Oh, we'll make it back to another one. Never got back to another Super Bowl. Never got career. back.
1: Yep, 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 yep. It's, it's 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 a highly contested conversation that in Buffalo as well. Just because, you know, people, the, the conversation, even amongst Bills fans is, you know, they don't believe necessarily, you know, recency bias. It's been a long time. You know, was Jim Kelly really that good? And it's like, and they're like John Elway was better. And nobody's going to ever, ever tell you that J- Jim Kelly was better than Dan Marino. Dan Marino was one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, top two, top three quarterbacks to play, the, to play the game. But the Elway piece is funny to me. And I tell people all the time, you can say what you want and believe what you want about Jim Kelly. But Dan Marino and John Elway couldn't beat him. Elway didn't go to the Super Bowl and win until Kelly was out of the league. And after Kelly was out of the league, Marino still didn't go. Like nobody could beat Jim Kelly as as far as in the AFC. So it's uh it's just it's funny to go back and just kind of talk through some of those things and see how people remember and what we do remember and don't remember. And yeah, it's it's fun. Now we're we're way off track now. So
0: you know what? It's all good. That's what we're here for. It's just it's a fun football conversation between two guys (laughs) who just love who love the game of football. It's it's as simple as
1: that. Um,
0: What was the thing I was gonna say? Uh, Just going back to some as stupid computer update 89,
1: up. eight, 89 quarterbacks or something like that or yeah well it?
0: there was obviously I said the 89 draft class but I mentioned yeah. Tony Mandarich who was built as like this next great player and he never amounted to anything he was out of the league quickly but no oh yeah because it was you basically going up how you're used Bills fans one o'clock Sunday yeah that's yeah. your thing I'm gonna be honest with you and this may be a bit of a hot take like I love playing on primetime, like watching the Pats on primetime. honestly I've always been okay with the one o'clock games you know you wake up you watch the pregame you make your sure. breakfast you watch the game at one and then after that, four o'clock, so you watch those and then Sunday night football rolls along and then boom, then the day's done. So I always like that. Like if I was to pick a time between one or four, mm-hmm. and for some reason, I always look at this too, that the Buccaneers have only had one one o'clock game the entire year so far. They've either been at four or in prime time, including the Sunday against the Bears for some ungodly reason. Um <laughs> But, one o'clock, like I said, I if I had to pick between 1 and 4, I'm taking 1 o'clock. Like, it's always yeah. cool to play at 4. You get that national spotlight. But even with 1 o'clock, to say you probably know this from the Bills being bad now. I know this in the last couple of years of the Pats. If you play bad at 1 o'clock, no one's really going to notice or no one's really going to say. It gets kind of swept under the rug. Yep, yep, you play yep. bad in that 4 o'clock window or in that primetime window, no matter what day of the week it is, it's all eyes on you.
1: hmm I don't have a comment. You're absolutely right. That's You said it perfectly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> unless you're that dude that you talked about that didn't know who Taylor, what team Taylor Lewan played for that didn't want, he didn't watch that football game at all. Not, not, not
0: exactly. <laughs> um, so with the bills this year is if, so say, for example, let's, let's fast forward now it's October 20th. Obviously, if we fast forward to say January 31st and the bills aren't going to LA, is it a failed season in your opinion, or is it just keep keep building blocks moving forward? Like, what, what's your it's super,
1: like, it's super Bowl or bust? Okay, it, it's super. I mean, it's you, you obviously you have to play the games, but <clears throat> the reality is, is the Bills have they're going to win the East because they've got the easiest schedule in football, or one of the easiest schedules in, f- schedules in football. But it, the playoffs are going to be the playoffs. The road to the, the road to the Super Bowl should go through Buffalo, unless you know the Ravens, who don't have as as easy of a schedule as the Bills do. That loss to the Titans doesn't deter. The, what their plan was for the season because they beat the Chiefs, right? So it's you know, it's who you win to or who you beat and who you lose to. The Bills, I don't think, are going to win out by any stretch. Clearly, we've got a tough game with the Bucks, we've got a tough game with the Saints, and then you never know who's going to bring their A game against you. So the Bills could lose any number of games coming up. It's not about, it's not about, you know, can the Bills beat this team? It's more about, can that team do something to beat the Bills at this point? But uh, I would absolutely say that if the road to the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo, which is going to make it as you and your Patriots fan, you get this, you know, it's going to make it challenging on any team to, to, to play in Buffalo in January, February, and they don't make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's more than likely at this point going to be considered a, a failed season. The team is the defense playing the way that it's playing. And if they get that offense to hit its stride, then the wheels came off somewhere. So during a playoff game, the wheels completely came off, which we've seen happen. So we've seen even the Patriots, the mighty Patriots, Tom Brady's last year, the wheels came off in that Titans game. So, I mean, it happens, it happens to teams, you know, sometimes things just don't go well. So we'll see.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. As soon as he threw the interception, I turned the game off. I knew that it was going to be a pick six back to the house. Like when it was like 15 seconds left, I'm like, all right, this game's over.
1: Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. That yeah. one, that one, like I turned that that out one, yeah. Sunday, like with pick sixes Sunday, was a roller coaster. I thought we were done. And then Kendrick Bourne throws a ball. And then it was mm-hmm. just like back and forth. But I'm looking at your schedule right now. Dolphins, Jags, Jets, Colts, you guys should be eight and two going into that Thanksgiving <laughs> game against the Saints. That's got, that's coming from a Patriots fan. coming from a Patriots yeah. fan. Yeah. you guys like the only game I could see maybe being a challenge is like the Colts. the Colts. I'll say the Jets just because divisional football is so unpredictable, but you guys probably will win. i I, I always just like to do that with divisional football. I don't mm-hmm. want to say it's ever going to be a blowout just because you don't know what's going to
1: happen. If Robert Sala puts as much uh, film work in for those games as he did for the Niners game against Buffalo, it's going to be – Josh Allen's going to take him to the woodshed again because Robert Sala's quotes were that uh, Josh Allen is a – he's a a wildcat quarterback, and he's a lot like Cam Newton. And, you know, it'll be tough to get him to stop running. And it's like, that ain't who Josh Allen is anymore, bro. You're watching film from 2018. Like, yeah, so –
0: I remember that game because I remember going into it thinking, you know what, we're going to get Brian Dawe versus Robert Sala. It's going to be such a great game. That we had Robert Sala looking dumbfounded on the sideline yeah. in State Farm in, in Glendale, Arizona, State Farm Stadium, not in Santa Clara. Yeah. But no, you're right. And then my big thing is for Week 18 when the Jets play the Bills. What are the odds we see Robert Sala running up and down the stairs? Of I'm going to call it the Ralph because I do not like the new name yeah. of the of the Ralph. Uh, you just see him running up and down the stairs in in shorts because you know what? That's what that's what football guys do.
1: I have no idea. He might, he might not. Um, the pregame stuff is always fun. I, I think some of that pregame stuff has changed now because the fans are going into the stadium so early just because of the, all that, like at least in New York state, you have to be vaccinated to go, to go to games. So like it takes forever. Like they're, they're telling season ticket holders and, and get people that have game tickets to like head to your seats at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's like the game starts at one and it's like, yeah, get, if you want to make it to your seat before kickoff, be in line before 1130. So head that way about 11 and it's like, good Lord. So yeah, who knows? We'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see exactly, because I know I think that goes into effect for you guys on next next uh, Sunday. It's already, it's already in effect. So oh, you, have okay. have
1: shot, uh, you have to have one shot. You have to have double shotted by Halloween. So, yeah, you have to have both shots by Halloween to get in.
0: So it's been like that for the obviously all the other games
1: other than the home opener. They made the change. They made the rule change at the home after the home opener. All, so 80 percent of New Yorkers at the time were vaccinated. Eighty percent. Inside of the stadium, because it's a county facility in the concourse areas and everything else, you had to wear a mask. Nobody was wearing a mask, which means that 80 percent of the people that weren't wearing masks were vaccinated. So what does the county do? They punish all the non-vaccinated people. Oh, you guys couldn't follow the rules. The non-vaccinated people can't come to the games anymore. So that's basically what the county did. Mark Poland cars. What a winner.
0: No comment <laughs> you can, on there. I'll,
1: you, I'll... you can tag him. <laughs> Mark,
0: Mark Pollen cars.
1: Poland cars. Yeah.
0: All right, all right, cool, cool. I'll, like, we'll tag them because we have we have the same thing up here in Toronto. We have it where, um, like like I'll slow stuff for example. I went to the Toronto Raptors game on Saturday night, and it's the same thing too at the arena where you have to be you have to be fully vaccinated to enter. You still have to work, like we still have a heavy mask mandated effect, but pretty much yep, like yep. I, I went to a couple of Jays games this year, and it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant, you walk when you walk in or you are in the concourse, I'll have it on, but I'm in my seat. Yep. I'll take it off yep, It's like yep, yep, I'm double vaccinated, all that stuff. So. That's that's good to see from you guys on your end. And that's yep. right. You just you punish the ones who aren't involved. But we're not a political podcast. So we don't want to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. But, you know, don't, you,
1: don't, you don't have to you don't have to tag me there. I was just being silly. So,
0: oh, yeah. I know. I know. I figured. I, I, you know what? I figured. I, to be honest, I, I I figured that out. But no, um, the most part I'll say is, too, because I'm like, I, we were talking this the soft camera, how I'll probably head back down to Buffalo sometime uh, near Christmas. Uh, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what stuff's like down there. It'll be good to you know cross that side of the border, do some uh, yeah. sh- spend more money shopping than I need to, aka <laughs> the Target and Trader Joe's in Amherst, New York. Um, <laughs> the one thing I wanted to get to you though is I when I look at the schedule there, I really like that Saints game and even the next one, which is the Patriots Monday nighter. Now I know, obviously, look, there's a very good chance I'm going to have to ask you to come on either before or after that. Yeah. So yeah. look out for that. But um. I like those games and I'm not going to come out here and saying it's for the division. I feel like if anything, I think I could see that game already for the Pats being a test of, you know, like the Buccaneers game or the Cowboys game where I was getting told, look, expect a blowout. And I went expecting a blowout and it was a one possession ball game. Mm-hmm. I could see the similar thing where the Bills went. Because my whole thing for the Pats to make the playoffs this year is unlike last year, where obviously one game was close and the one game was a complete ass whooping. I think if the Pats want to make the playoffs, they have to split against the Bills, because considering that Miami loss, that Miami loss, I'll be honest, that loss stings the more and more I think about it. And the the more I see them failing, that loss sucks.
1: Well, what you want to hope is that the Bills do not lose to the Saints on Thanksgiving Day. So the Bills typically, at least this team, Josh Allen typically doesn't lose back-to-back games often anymore. I'm sure he did early, but they'll come out pretty upset as as far as – you know, if, if they lose that Saints game, no, the, the Patriots are the one team that I'm concerned about as far as splitting with because I don't want to split. I want to sweep the division two years in a row, uh, and I think it's important for them to sweep the division in order to get the one seed. So, but I was really concerned about that Patriots offense coming into the season. I mean, Bill Belichick was building a team that nobody would want to play against. When you're talking about two very athletic tight ends and that game, like who has the ability to stop two tight ends? The Bills have a hard time stopping one tight end, let alone two tight ends. Uh, it hasn't materialized for for the for the Patriots yet. Um, I'm not saying that it won't. I, you know, when you look at Patriots teams of the past, when we had kicked dirt on them after game three, game four, they had Tom Brady. And when you've got Tom Brady playing offense and he's getting up by one or two touchdowns early, it helps that defense out a lot. So we'll see. I mean, clearly they're relying on the defense more now than they have ever needed to. And it's going to come down to Mac Jones and what Mac Jones can do. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun game to watch. And of course I'll come on. Absolutely.
0: You know what? You know what? I love to hear that. And I know we talked before. Obviously, it's the Monday nighter in December when we're down there. Like, look, would I love come back come back down to a game in Buffalo for the Pats. Absolutely, but will I do it in December? I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'd rather go if it's in like a I don't know. Even if it's at this time of year, if like if it was this Sunday, it'd be great to go sure, down yeah. because you know it's uh, obviously I wouldn't be able to because the border's still not open. But right. if the in October, November, like September or October, yeah, the weather's still nice. It's great. I went to a Bills game in 2010 against Cleveland in december and it was every weather condition imaginable but sunny i saw i'm pretty sure i saw parts of fog i sure i saw rain i sure i saw wind it was my first tailgating experience when i saw like three people passed out in the parking lot at like 11 o'clock in the morning it was quite the experience too and even driving up to the stadium house is like oh it's just a neighborhood full of houses and then bam just big stadium in the middle of nowhere
1: yeah, there's a lot of stadiums like that. That's how the Dolphin Stadium is, too. But uh, it's well, that's how Foxborough is, right? It's in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Buff- Buffalo's a weird town because uh, what people don't realize about the weather is the weather in Orchard Park is not the weather in all of Buffalo. The north towns are drastically different than the south towns. And it's because of the the, the Boston Hills, which are, you know, foothills of the Allegheny Mountains. So when, you know, the, water, the weather just comes in off those mountains or off those hills and just affects Orchard Park, Hamburg, which I live in Hamburg and West Seneca. When you get in the north towns, they get the sun all the time. They don't get hardly any snow we get it all down here so buffalo gets a bad rap but yeah
0: i know because i feel like with buffalo too it either it either doesn't snow at all or it's like a stupid amount of snow i feel like there's it's, no in between
1: it's, it's usually three feet and then it melts right yeah, so exactly. three feet three feet and then it melts three feet two feet then it melts you know two, two more feet and then it melts and then three feet and then it melts like it's never it never sticks so yeah it's not like colorado where it'll snow three feet in june <laughs> i pick out all my colorado friends about that and they're like yeah but it will be 80 the next day i was like it still snowed three feet in june Like, it doesn't do that in Buffalo.
0: (laughs) We had that up here last year in May. Start to go off subject with snow. We had that up here last year in May. It was the day before Mother's Day. And it it was like snow and hail. I'm like, it's May 8th. I'm like, what the hell?
1: (laughs) I think we got snow in May a couple years ago, early May, like two years ago, too. So I'm right there with you, dude. It sucks. But I lived in Columbus, Ohio for 13 years. And it snowed in April one year in Columbus. And that's five and a half hours south of us. So Buffalo just gets a bad rap. It's not as bad as everybody says it is.
0: Every, everyone says it's bad it is guys if you have the chance go to buffalo it's it's a good town to visit there's a lot of good shops there. there's a lot of good restaurants i think we talked about this off camera but i think when i'm down there i may have to try this bar bill tavern out i'm gonna yep. look at either east aurora or um amherst or clarence or clarence, clarence.
1: yep uh, which uh, is right next to amherst so yeah
0: which I'll, I'll have to look up either one uh and as for predictions for this sunday i know i usually do this with spreads but i'm going to say this right now I have a really weird feeling that the bears could upset the Buccaneers on Sunday. No way. I I have a, I just have like, you know, those like weird trap feelings slash Nick Foles is like Tom Brady, (laughs) like Nick Foles, for some reason is very good against Tom Brady or uh, if not even win, but I can, I can see a world where the, the the bears even cover. I can see a world where that happens, but at the same time too, I can't.
1: The bears are, the bears are in Tampa. It's a 425 game. There's no way, there's no way that Justin Fields is winning that football game. Justin, Justin Fields might not make it through that football game.
0: Even better point. I, I just said it. I had like a weird feeling because, like, even too, I remember, like I said, the last, the first, first ever conversation you and I had on a podcast that was the time the, Bear, the Bears beat the uh, box. but I just remember that game was in Chicago. The only other things I'll have to say about Sunday's games is, I cannot see the Rams or the. I can see the Rams and the Cardinals both covering because those are both revenge games. Yeah. Both teams. Yeah. And Uh, I hope the Patriots beat the Jets on Sunday, even though I have a feeling it's going to be another ugly, low scoring game like the first time they played, where it was only 25 to 6.
1: Yeah, there's there's not a lot of great games on this weekend, right? I mean, Bengals Ravens will be fun, interdivisional. And to be honest with you, I like Joe Burrow a lot. Another one, the first time I saw him throw it, like the first time, but like I was like, oh, that kid can play football. Um, you know. But there's, yeah, Chiefs Titans obviously is a game that we're gonna have to watch now after the Titans have beaten the Bills. <clears throat> so, Titan uh, Chiefs Titans for me probably Bengals Ravens. I'll always keep an eye on the Jets and Patriots just because of AFC East reasons. Um, and I'll be rooting for the Jets in that football game just because. I want to keep the Patriots down as long as I can. They're the one that scares me. The Patriots, are the team that scares me. So,
0: I mean, we're right. We're we're, we're only two games back. I know yep. people are saying the division's far to grab. I I know the Bills and the Bills in December will be wearing a hat T-shirt day. Hopefully, it's not <laughs> on the day after Christmas in Foxborough. Hopefully, it's the week before right, or right. week or week eight, or the weird week uh, the new week seventeen, I should say. Hopefully, it's yes. one of those. Two. Hopefully, it's not in Foxborough. So week, eight,
1: been- week eighteen, technically. So, yeah,
0: I, I don't think it goes on week 18. I think you guys have it wrapped up before. Like definitely yeah, yeah. between yeah. week 15 and week 17. I feel like one of those three games.
1: If they, if, yeah, if they beat the saints, it could be way before. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So if they're, if they're 10 and two, at some point, they probably got it wrapped up right there or nine yeah. and nine and two. So, yeah,
0: exactly. And I feel like this year too, with the NFL, before we go, um, it's such a weird year where you get these, like how you said, there's these games where like you expected to beat the Steelers and the Titans, you did it how I almost had a vicious heart attack two weeks ago when we almost lost the Houston Texans, but then we like to do, we like, Man, to, do these, we like to do Was this.
1: I pulling for the Houston Texans? I was like, Oh, come on, baby.
0: <laughs> I was there just like for the love of God. And I had the Patriots <laughs> for survival too, because the week before I took the saints against the giants. Cause I thought that was a lock. I'm like, you know what? First game back in the dome, it's going to yes. be the, the saints are going to win. That's not what happened. And then, so I picked the Patriots. I'm like, all right, I'm going to ride her down with my guys. And then I almost like, that, that's what I mean, though, like where you get all these, I'm going off tangent, and that's what I do best. But that's what I mean with the NFL season this year. You get these games where it's, hey, look, we think a blowout's going to happen, and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Or even last Sunday, Ravens, Chargers, Browns, Cardinals, we expected both to be great games, and the Chargers fell flat, and the, yep, yep. And the Cardinals took advantage of a depleted Browns roster. So yep. that's the thing with the NFL I always kind of like, where it's the expect the unexpected.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's it's funny because that uh, that game that you were just referencing as far as the Texans game, uh, the, the what was fun for me about that football game was the week before the Bills throttled the Texans and shut them out. And everybody's like, yeah, but it's Texans and it's Davis Mills. And then it's like and then the Patriots had trouble with him. It's like, oh, it's just the Texans. What's the problem? <laughs> so, yeah, any given Sunday, right?
0: Exactly. That's a, the, <laughs> the three words that every football fan loves to hear and hates to hear, because in the moment when you're going into a game, it's always like, you know what, hey, any given Sunday, it could be this, but it could be that. But no, you got to remember, look, upsets happen all the time. It's like yeah. Scott, why am I blanking on his last name? And I've read, so Scott Hanson. I don't know if I like his yep. last name. Yeah. It's like when he says, the, "like I love it, but I hate it." When he says, "the witching hour," when losses become wins and wins become losses.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Well,
0: that's what <laughs> happened in that game in the witching hour. The Patriots prevailed. I also say this too that the Houston Texans took their foot off the gas, which I've seen too many times in the Brady era where he was down and cap, like, they this. Now I'm not saying Max Tom, excuse me, Max Tom, but you get you kind of get where I'm coming from. Where yeah, it's, it's for like, sure. look, any opponent who takes a foot off, foot off the gas, usually it. Yeah. Ends badly for you
1: for sure. This has been fun, dude. Appreciate you having me.
0: This has been fun. We're going to wrap it up. I think I'm going to call this episode the voice of Buffalo as a uh, member of fanatics. I'm uh, the
1: rumblings, rumblings, Buffalo, rumblings. Buffalo so, rumblings. Yep.
0: so cause you used to be with uh, fanatics. Yep. You used yep. to be yep. the fanatics. Someone that coined you the voice of Buffalo. Now you're with Buffalo Rumblings. So now Correct. I've had four people who are involved with SB nation on my podcast. Nice. Yes. And I'm just keep on going. Obviously the first three of Pat's pulpit. Now I've had Buffalo rumblings on well, anyway, Joe, it's been a blast getting to talk to you once again yeah, here on YWC Football Talk. We'll definitely have to have you on either uh, – you know what? We may have to do before both Bill's Patriots games or after, no matter what, because I remember last year right before Christmas you were on. So, you know what? Guys, you get Joe Miller once a year for the Bill's Patriots game. Nah, I'm just kidding. He gets to come on whenever he wants, him and that voice of his.
1: Appreciate it, dude. Yeah, anytime you want me, just shoot me an invite.
0: You know what? Sounds good. Well, anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening to episode 121 of YWC Football Talk. I'll be next week to recap all of week seven. Have a good one, everyone.